Author Laurie A. Egan is here to talk about her new book, The Firefly, and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Laurie. Hi there. Thanks for having me on the show. Tell us about your new book, The Firefly. Well, I'll give you a little bit of the blurb. It's uh, set in 1964, and think about it, a dark summer night on a still black lake. A lantern is lit at the end of a dock, and a blonde girl in white appears and begins to dance, her body illuminated like the fireflies surrounding her. A second girl emerges from a house and is beckoned forward. The two meet, swim, and then kiss, beginning an ethereal romance and a young woman's journey into adulthood. Um, the one girl is 14, the other one is a little bit older, and the girl, Robin, has been sort of accidentally abandoned by her parents, who are arguing, and each thought that the other one was remaining with Robin. So that what-if kind of plot question is one of the basis uh, for this book. Also, I'm talking a lot about how she is driven to be an architect and about finding uh, her career, as well as trying to find Stella, the firefly that she met when she was 14. So that's the basics uh, for the book. So both of a romance, but it's a coming-of-age portrait as well. What was your inspiration for writing it? Well, I spent several summer and winter visits to the Pocono Mountains uh, and based the Firefly setting on Lake Harmony. Uh, so that was sort of in the back of my mind, sort of a bit of nostalgia. And as I said, the what-if plot was my first idea. You know, what if a 14-year-old girl was accidentally left at a lakeside house? What would happen? And I also think that, you know, one of the other ideas I had in my mind was uh, creating an artistically gifted girl and have her really concentrate on her career rather than just establishing a family or, you know, being really involved with uh, relationships. And then, of course, this is in the mid-1960s. So realizing she's attracted to other women, uh, that was a pretty frightening and lonely realization. What do you hope to accomplish with this book? Well, as a teenager in the 1964 and, you know, later period, uh, I wanted to portray the anxiety about sexuality. And, you know, that was a really pervasive fear for LGBTQ people then. And, of course, it still is somewhat, but not quite the same. Robin has a situation where she's sort of having to deal with this on her own because it wasn't something people talked about very much unless, you know, you found other gay people or queer people around, and that wasn't so easy to do. And then, of course, she has this quest uh, to find her firefly, Stella, and her ability to, you know, establish a career, be an architect, and really fulfill her life that way. So those were the things that I really wanted to portray in this book. And this book is really sort of a, a retro glimpse of a period of time. Everything was beginning to change a little bit. I mean, Stonewall obviously happened years later, but this is really a beginning of, at least for me, when I began to realize my personal orientation. But I think it was uh, really a very difficult time for many of us. What would you like to accomplish with your work? Well, I write in a lot of different genres, including literary, psychological suspense, young adult comedy, and this book, which is sort of a coming-of-age portrait romance. 
So my goals are a little different from title to title, and so are my um, readers, I think, because I don't always write for the LGBTQ market, per se. I tend to write the books that I feel like I want to write. Uh, essentially, I'm a bridge writer, uh, and I write whatever comes to me, regardless of the genre and the audience. And I think that that's a really healthy thing. So, for example, if I'm writing about two lesbians, the community is really heterosexual in many respects. It's sort of a normal balance of gay people and, you know, all kinds of types. So I believe that portraying that kind of typical experience is really important rather than staying within a small community of other lesbians, for example. So my work is really unusual in the sense that I am really not easy to pinpoint. And I have different kinds of projects. Uh, the, the one that's coming out in December, which is a literary work, is one I'm really proud of. And that has a lot more themes about aging and looking back through memories and childhood traumas and things of that sort. So I have a very psychological bent anyway for most of my books. That would be a common theme. With over 500 anti-LGBTQ bills across the country, including book bans, what would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community as we head into the 2024 election? Well, I think the 2024 election, if it goes as it sort of appears it's going to, with Biden and Trump as being the two candidates, I don't know how much is really going to change, unfortunately, and I'm really sad to say that. Uh, I think it's going to take another generation, a younger generation of elected officials and political people to really begin to make a difference on the uh, LGBTQ issues, but also for women, uh, secularists, uh, environmentalists, people of color. I don't know that we're going to get a lot of change. And although I think Biden has his heart in the right place, you know, he grew up with different values in a different time and a Catholic mentality. And I think it makes it hard for him to fully and loudly embrace some of the issues that many of us care about. And Trump, who knows? <laughs> but I think it's going to be very hard until we really see a different generation in charge, because I think that's what it's going to take different mentality, different period of when they grew up, and different concerns. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? Well, I think social media has really played into this a lot, and I regret that. And I think that also is true of the bullying in general. Uh, but also, I think teen suicides can become contagious as more and more kids hear about them and know somebody that has committed suicide. Just as an anecdote, I had an ex-lover once who told me that suicides ran in her family, and she felt that this option was viable for her. Uh, she never has committed suicide, but I think that this is, you know, it sort of normalizes this horrible, very sad decision that is so final. And, you know, what I hope is that teenagers will just hang in there and go talk to a counselor or some friend that might understand or find a sympathetic community uh, of like-minded people and talk. Uh, because each person has got a real gift to give the world. And if that's cut short, that's such a huge loss. I think that 
teenagers in particular just get overwhelmed with how they're feeling and they don't have the long view of realizing that the this darkness will pass and you know things will get better with age and with meeting new people how can people get information about the firefly well the book is available uh, in paperback and kindle on the usual places amazon barnes and noble and uh, the book can be ordered from stores my website is my name www.laurieaegan.com and I've got descriptions about this novel and my other 12 titles there and there's a contact information if anybody wants to write and ask me questions uh, I'm also available on Facebook and you know X or Twitter and Instagram so I'd love to hear from readers what other projects are you working on well, my uh, current publisher, Andrew May at Spectrum Books in London, accepted four manuscripts last spring, which was a, quite a surprise. And The uh, Firefly is the first one to appear, which came out uh, in August. And next, a uh, suspense, The Psychologist's Shadow, will appear. And on December 16th, uh, another book is coming out, a very strange literary work called The Black Leopard's Kiss and the Writer Remembers. Uh, this has got some LGBTQ characters in it, although that's not necessarily that significant, um, but it features magical realism and sort of Orlando-esque touches. And then next April, uh, Jack and I will come out, and that's a story about a boy with disassociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple identity disorder. So four very different outings, and my publisher has cleaned off my desk. So uh, I'm working on a very ancient novel that is making me groan right now, but I don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Yeah, I'm an older writer, and I am finding it more and more difficult to find inspiration or new ideas. And it's partly, I think, I would like to have more people ask about being partially disabled or semi-disabled. And, you know, when traveling becomes difficult or impossible or social and family connections begin to shrink, uh, I find, you know, making new memories is more difficult and becomes more limited as we age. So I would like to sort of concentrate on that, which I, I did in this last December book that's coming out of the two novellas. Uh, but I would like to see more questions about aging, disability, and losing a lot of family members and friends through various reasons, you know, moving or death. And I think that that's a really important thing to focus on. And I don't think that there are too many books on the subject. Uh, interestingly enough, a few days ago, I watched Nyad, the film about Diana Nyad, who persevered. And, you know, she finally swam between Cuba and Key West after failing to do so in her 20s. And then, you know, she tried multiple times after she turned 60. I just found that, you know, film really inspiring because it just shows so much grit and determination and self-belief and I'd like to see more films and books illustrating older characters and not just those with you know dementia or who are being caretaken <laughs> in a home or something like that which seems to be the the stock kind of depiction of older characters right now so that would be what I'd like to see more often and be asked about do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times well, I don't know if this is necessarily to get me through these difficult times, which are indeed very difficult. 
And this is rather a bleak quote that I found from Virginia Woolf's Orlando. She's one of my favorite writers. And I'll quote that. Orlando naturally loved solitary places, vast views, and to feel himself forever and ever and ever alone. Well, the quote I think really describes somewhat where I am right now personally in my life, but also how I felt as a child. So it fans my whole, you know, many, many years. And I do think that solitariness is my default condition. And as often as is the case with other creative people, because I think you have to be an observer and sort of stand back a little bit or be alone to think and create if you're going to be a writer.